The Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets are taking bad blood to a whole new level. Plus, how will Connor Bedard's injury impact the Calder Trophy race? And the Western Conference All-Star rosters have been revealed. Who got left off the ballot for now? We will discuss on today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast, where your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into a Western Conference Tuesday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. We are your team every day. We thank you for making Locked on NHL your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. On today's episode of the Locked on NHL podcast, we go through the ongoing battle between the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild. We'll talk about the latest wrinkles that include a startling admission during a mic'd up uh, Cole Perfetti on the ice. We'll talk about all that as well as Connor Bedard's injury and who may be able to sneak into the Calder Trophy race while he is out. We'll also talk about the Western Conference All-Star lineups and plenty more here on today's episode of Lockdown NHL. Once again, we thank you for making Lockdown NHL your first listen each and every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked On Wild, and one half of the dynamic duo that is your Western Conference Tuesday hosts of Locked On NHL, joined as always by Nick Morgan of Locked On Predators. Nick is repping the Michigan Wolverines from last oh, night's baby. national championship game. And uh, we start... On kind of a related note, because uh, that game was definitely physical between uh, Michigan and Washington, Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets have been ramping up the physical play over the last couple of weeks. And Nick, since I have a front row seat to this, I'll get you caught up to speed and then you can react to kind of how this has gone. So, By all means, take it away, sir. Wild and Jets noted... Central Division rivals. Um, and this honestly all goes back to what happened to Kirill Kaprizov last year. Now, the play that injured Kaprizov featured Logan Stanley kind of trying to go high and coming down on him, which led to Kaprizov doing kind of the most awkward set of splits you'll ever see. Kaprizov got hurt. The Wilds took exception to that. And so when Brendan Dillon checked Kaprizov in the back, not once but twice, and that injured Kaprizov this year, the Wild had had enough. And I do need to note that the Wild felt like they handled things in that game against the Winnipeg Jets because Jake Middleton fought Brendan Dillon. And so the Wilds considered the matter solved at that point. And I, there, I have, there's been no shortage of reaction from Jets fans saying this is, this is a play that happens in hockey games all the time. 
Kaprizov is just a soft player that he got injured by what basically is is just like Brendan Dillon just trying to push Kirill Kaprizov to the side, which is uh it, that's a little bit of uh that's a little bit of an undersell by Jets fans. My whole stance on everything that led up to what followed is that the second stick check to the back by Brandon Dillon should have been a penalty. That's my entire stance on all of the first part of this is that the, if the NHL is trying to eliminate these types of plays, the department of biggest joke in sports department of player safety continues to just exist while not really seriously doing anything about these types of plays, even though they say they want to, um, that's how that all went down. What happened after is that in the second game of the home to home, home and home against the Minnesota Wild, the Winnipeg Jets, Ryan Hartman went high on a faceoff against Cole Perfetti and caught him in the mouth with his stick. That also should have been a penalty. So there you have it. I'm calling a penalty on both sides of this thing. Mm-hmm. But then Cole Perfetti comes back because he was mic'd up during that second game. He comes back and says that Ryan Hartman admitted that the high stick was deliberate and was a direct retaliation to the um, Brendan Dillon cross-check to the back against Kirill Kaprizov. Ryan Hartman comes back and says, I knew he was mic'd up. I didn't admit outright that the high stick was intentional. He said, I essentially said because Perfetti came up and just continued to ask. Every time they got matched up together, he asked. Wasn't on purpose. Wasn't on purpose. And so Hartman said that he finally got to the point where he was like, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to say it wasn't intentional, but the Jets kind of took that and ran with it that Perfetti went up to the, the Winnipeg media and said, yeah, he told me that he did it intentionally. And so you've got the Jets kind of trying to garner national sympathy for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But again, my entire point comes back to the Department of Player Safety because under their watchful eye, uh, heavy embellishment on that sentence. Yeah. Under their watchful eye, we have created a system in the NHL in which things like this happen mm-hmm. and the team takes it on themselves to respond in kinds. And so basically you have just turned the NHL into a self-policing body. And every now and again, the Department of Player Safety says, well, yeah, you can't do that. So we're going to do we're going to fine, you know, Hartman in this case for the, the high stick to Perfetti. You can't do that. But until they take actual meaningful action to try to limit the the cross checks to the back because we we've talked about it at length throughout the course of this season already the nhl was vocal about the fact that they're trying to get rid of these types of plays going as far back as last year 
Yeah. And yet they continue to do nothing meaningful about it. You have to step in and say enough is enough. We are going to make somebody an example. And that means over punishing to try to get out in front of this. But not only do you have to properly discipline players for these types of things, but you got you got to have the officials calling penalties on the ice. If yeah. you call the second cross check to Brendan Dillon a penalty and you call the high stick against Ryan Hartman a penalty, you can help in stopping this from further escalating. But until the Department of Player Safety decides to actually become a governing body for how this sport is officiated and how this sport is policed. This consider this mild to some of the things that we've seen handled by teams throughout the uh, the NHL. Look at what just happened a couple of nights ago between Florida and Arizona with Nick Cousins uh, and his hit into the boards, which was far worse than what Brendan Dillon did to Kirill Kaprizov. And then you have Jason Zucker coming in to retaliate and Jason Zucker being the one that gets suspended for retaliating. Like, yeah. let's just get some consistent policing on this nonsense. And until you do, this is just going to continue to happen. I think Nick Cousins is actually out for a little bit uh, in concussion protocol as well. Um, here's my question. And I did not see the Jets wild game. Uh, did anybody in game two go after Brendan Dillon? No. Did anybody drop the gloves with Brendan? Okay. So there's there's my, I think, one caveat is I always think that if you – I've always hated this sort of idea. It's like, well, if you take out one of our stars, we're going to go after one of your guys. Like we've seen that before where, uh, you know, best example of it was, you know, almost 20 years ago, that Senators-Sabers brawl where – Chris Drury got knocked out by um, Chris Neal and Neal was in the box. And so the uh, Buffalo Sabres put all three of their enforcers on the ice against like Danny Heatley and Jason Spezza and basically just all manhandled them. And, and that kind of, you know, led to that. I've, I've always thought that was the stupidest thing. Like go after the guy who did something stupid to your team. Go after the guy that hurt a player. Do that. I I, I don't agree with the whole, we're just going to pick a guy on your team uh, who's very important to your lineup and just, you know, beat the crap out of him because, you know, we didn't like that one of our players got hurt. I hate that. Go If you would have gone after Brendan Dillon, like mm-hmm. just cross-checked him in the face, yeah, it still would have been a bad look, but at least we could have been like, hey, you know, should have called it before. I I, I think that maybe changes this, I, I guess, my perception a little bit that they went after Perfetti and not Dylan. I, I do want to touch on what you said about NHL player safety, though, because I think we have seen more examples of going after the reaction than going after the initial play, like going after the retaliatory hits, going after, you know, the players that just drop the gloves and pound somebody in the ice and, you know, they get 
you know, 10 minute misconduct and, and the guy that gets nothing. And I think like, here's my thing. I think if you punish, let me say it this way. I feel like in some of these plays, the reaction and the retaliatory stuff that's followed has caused the NHL to sort of overlook the initial plays. Yeah, like no one's talking about Cousins and nailing whichever Coyotes player was like kneeling down on the ice. That was an ugly hit, but nobody's talking about it because Jason Zucker just, for lack of a better term, cheap shot at Nick Cousins. Nobody's talking about Matthew Joseph on Dylan Larkin because you know David Perron cross-checked Artem Zub. Um, and, and, you know, in this case, nobody's really talking about the Brendan Dillon play because of, you know, um, uh, Capri uh, or, or Ryan Hartman high sticking Perfetti afterwards. Nobody's really talking about those. And I feel like the NHL's kind of taken the same route where it's okay. Uh, we're going to punish the reaction, not necessarily the initial hit. And I guarantee these kind of plays are going to keep happening until you tag both. Yeah. You know, if you punish the initial hit, I think everything will settle down. You'll have a little bit more faith in player safety. Uh, but for now, a lot of these guys are just getting away with, with dirty plays. And I think that's going to continue in the league. Now, I'm not going to pull like a full Jamal Mayers, Jennifer Botterill situation on this, but I think if, you know, I see both sides in the argument. Like, yeah, you don't want those kind of plays, but it's also you have to have faith that the NHL is going to punish somebody who hurt one of your best players on a dirty play. And right yeah. now, I don't think that's the case around the league. No, it uh, it definitely isn't. So if Department of Player Safety would like to take a more active role in uh, in eliminating this type of stuff, feel free to start like yesterday. But they won't and uh we'll 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 be talking about this in another probably two weeks when something just as egregious happens to somebody else in the western conference yeah so congrats on the great system yeah. department of player safety department of probably something as i've started calling them unlocked on wild so <laughs> we will move from that to another injury that uh was not in the eyes of Luke Richardson, any sort of intentional or deliberate play, but unfortunately it knocked Connor Bedard out of action for a while. So we'll take a look at how that will impact the Calder trophy race, as well as Chicago's chances of uh, being somewhere outside of the top five in uh, lottery teams this year. We'll talk about all that as we continue today's episode of the lockdown NHL podcast after this. Today's episode of Locked on NHL is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is in the books, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. FanDuel is incredibly easy to use, and there are a ton of different ways to place your bets, such as my personal favorite for those who love to bet a second period under or a third period over. All of you sickos can uh, find them in the live same game parlays throughout uh, the course of FanDuel. Plus, you can also find bets in the new Explore tab. For instance, 
in just talking about the Calder Trophy race, Connor Bernard is still minus 240 in the voting as of right now on FanDuel. The Fields is plus 186. So those are the latest odds you can get, which you can find by just searching through all that FanDuel has to offer. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Once again, we are your team every day, and we want to direct your attention as well to the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is changing the game by offering you 24-7 sports coverage of all of the biggest stories throughout the wide world of sports. You can find Locked On Sports today by simply holding on and uh, hopping over there after this episode is finished. Locked On Sports today, again, the first ever 24-7 streaming channel here on YouTube. Seth Topol and Nick Morgan continuing today's Western Conference Tuesday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Nick, unfortunately for Connor Bedard, he is going to be out for a while after sustaining a fractured jaw. I did find it interesting that Luke Richardson was pretty uh, pretty upfront about the fact that he didn't think it was a dirty play or anything along yeah. those lines. Just, a, just one of those hits that just happens out there. Um, in the, the kind of in the middle of the zone in the neutral zone, uh, if I recall correctly seeing it. Um, but the big thing is that it is going to lead to Bedard being out of action for a while, which is unfortunate because he was Chicago's leading scorer by a mile and, uh, was probably the favorite for the Calder trophy. I mean, you heard the fan odds. So yes, he was. So how does this impact the Calder Trophy race, first and foremost? And not just a shame for the Blackhawks, but a shame for the NHL All-Star game because Bedard was the Blackhawks rep. And he still might play because I don't think we've gotten a definite timetable on how long this is going to take. But um, it's funny. I like went through the, the Calder, uh, I guess, front runners right now. And I think it just comes down to how long Bedard is going to be out because he has got such a big lead, I think, on everybody right now um, that it's going to take somebody to kind of get up to his level um, to sort of unseat him. Um, you know, it, it may unless he misses the rest of the season or something like that, which doesn't sound like that's remotely going to happen. Um, so I think he's it, it's different than when McDavid got hurt in this year, just because I think there or in his year, just because there were so many other really good rookies in that class. Um, I think that was a year Artemi Panarin wound up winning. Um, but you know, you, you look at who's he's nine points in terms of scoring nine points ahead of uh, Marco Rossi, who's the, the second um the second guy on that list, uh, Adam Fantilli, I think is tied for that as well. So it, it's in terms of the Calder race, I don't think it does much unless somebody just starts scoring at his pace. Um, or if somebody like Brock Faber just kind of randomly steps up and becomes the number one defenseman for Minnesota over the next, you know, rest of the season. 
I, I just think Bedard's got such a big lead on everybody else in the field right now that it, unless he's out for, you know, a couple of months, uh, I, I, I don't think it's going to impact the, the Calder race at all. Uh, funny you should mention if Brock Faber becomes the top defenseman for the Minnesota Wild, he currently is that with uh, Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodeen out of well, the lineup. Well, so, there you go. Hey. I, you know, it is funny because from here in my Minnesota perspective, having two players that are, you know, in the conversation for the Calder, obviously not the front runner, but Faber and Rossi have both been great so far this season. And so the fact that they're in the fact that honestly, it's not going to surprise me at all if one of them is a finalist, but ultimately I think this is Connor Bedard's award to win. And whether he misses a couple of weeks, whether he misses a month, I still think he, as you said, I, I still think he has enough time to kind of put his stamp on this at the end of the season when he does come back, even if Rossi goes on a heater, even if Brock Faber just continues to. And, and it's funny, too, because a lot of the argument for Faber is that he is um, that he is handling a lot of the like toughest assignments for the Minnesota Wild defensively and is doing a really good job doing it. Yeah. But what do we know about NHL awards? In particular, scoring, yeah. In particular, the Calder and the Norris trophy is that they are points awards. And so unless Faber turns into a 30 goal 70 point player between now and the end of the season, it's Connor Bedard's award to win. And that's, I, I, that's just I, the way it is. I could see Faber do maybe if Bedard is out, Faber getting like that. Remember the when Barrett Jackman of all people won the Calder, and mm-hmm. yeah, the the man still <laughs> I don't I don't think has scored as many career points as Connor Bedard has this season. But yeah, the argument for him was, dude, he's out there like getting top pair minutes, like twenty three minutes a game uh, on a good Blues team. Uh, against some of the toughest teams in the NHL. Uh, and so maybe, you know, if Bedard misses more time or he gets cold or something and the Wild keep playing really well or well-ish, uh, maybe the Wild can make that argument for Brock Faber? Sure. Time, time will tell. Yeah. Time will very much tell. Um, let's finish today's show by discussing the all-star game. Western conference roster has been announced and, uh, we'll talk about the players that made it and the ones that probably should have, and honestly, probably still will, because I have a take on the all-star game that, uh, that I will All right. let, let the people have, uh, let's when we it. come back, we'll continue today's episode of the lockdown NHL podcast after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Folks, it's a new year, which means there are about to be some new concert dates uh, announced into the world. There's about to be some cool comedy shows and, of course, a lot of sports. If you want to go to see any of these in person, you're going to want to download the Game Time app. 
Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You're not going to be thrown off by weird sight lines or stuck behind a pole because you're going to know exactly what the view is from your seat. And the all-in prices show you your total up front, so you don't have to click on $20 tickets that wind up being 100 with all these hidden fees. And GameTime is obsessed with finding you ways to find money or save money on tickets. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, sometimes even an hour after it starts. And they have flash deals and sponsor deals on everything from football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and of course, hockey. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Final segment of today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Once again, we are your team every. Day. Seth Topal and Nick Morgan hanging out here to finish the show talking about the Western Conference All-Star team, at least for now, because we're starting to get to Pro Bowl status with the All-Star game, I think, in that, like, can we have just a frank conversation about what it means to be a representative of the All-Star team? Because... Yeah. Because of the, we must have one representative from every team. I we mean, we have to we have to start if we're going to if we're going to fix. Which let me let me say too, I think the NHL All Star Game is one of the better in the major sports because it's mostly hard to go through the motions as an NHL player in a uh, in an all-star game and the st- skills competition is sweet but we don't need the well every team has to have a representative if you're bad you don't need to be rewarded for that like we we can get rid of that caveat without people being upset that they're i don't know are you really missing out on anybody from the San Jose Sharks going to the All-Star game? Are you really missing anybody from that roster? Here, here's my take on that. Uh, and this is a bad example this year, but let's say this is last year. Uh, and the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, suck. So you're not sending anybody from Chicago Blackhawks. What's the incentive for any Blackhawks fan to watch the All-Star game? Like what? Good what point. rooting interests are they going to have in the All Star game? Um, I I love I I do like and I, I get one hundred percent what you're saying, uh, but I do like that every team gets one. I think what the where the problem comes in is there's not enough spots that you're really getting all of the All Stars in there. I think if you're going to do this, especially if you're going to keep the dumb divisional format which again is dumb, then I think you need to expand the rosters a little bit. And, you know, like, look, look, we're going to just going to have like 15 all-stars from each division. And then that way we can really get a full grasp of, you know, every team's 
the top guy. Cause right now it's just, you know, eight, eight, the one player from the eight teams plus three guys. And there's going to be a lot of snubs that way. Uh, but, but I do like that each team is represented. Cause I think that gives every market, even if your season is bad, a reason to watch a reason to cheer, you know, you're going to want to cheer for your guy in the skills competition. You're going to want to see him do well in the game. Um, so I like that aspect of it, but I do see what you're saying. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I, we have this conversation every year. It seems of how to fix these all-star games because of the pro bowl. I feel like the pro bowl is the reason that we talk about this with every sport as much of a uh, farce as the pro bowl has become. Um, and, and so I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to feel or why or anything along those lines of what to do about these games to make them something that we have a rooting interest in, but the rosters were unveiled. At least the initial rosters were unveiled and uh, some interesting names. I mean, we'll just go through and uh, these are the names for the Western conference, Frank Vetrano, Clayton Keller, Elias Lindholm, Connor Bedard, Nathan McKinnon, Jake Ottinger, uh, Connor McDavid, Cam Talbot, Kirill Kaprizov, Philip Forsberg, uh, Tomas Hurdle, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Robert Thomas, Jack Eichel, and Connor Hellebuck are in the Western Conference. I love how NHL put all of the All-Stars together. And so if you noticed my hesitation there, I was trying to weed out in my head, okay, this team is East, this team is West. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing that we always love to go into is who got snubbed. So, Nick, I ask you that very question. Who amongst the Western Conference half was the biggest snub in your mind? So, I mean, there's a lot of people that are probably going to get in on the fan vote that should be in. Uh, there's a lot of um, uh, Colorado Avalanche players like Miko Rantanen and Kale McCarr uh, that the only reason they're I wouldn't consider that a snub is come on. Nathan McKinnon might be the MVP right now. You're really going to take him out there. Here's my hot take for at least in this thing. The biggest snub like the divisional thing is I look at Calgary. And I look at Elias Lindholm. Elias Lindholm hasn't done anything for the Flames this year. But you know who has? Blake Coleman. Uh, the Flames are very bad. Uh, <laughs> but Blake Coleman, 15 goals, 15 assists this year for 30 points. Uh, tied with Kadri for leading scorer on the team. And by far their best defensive player. This guy's a plus 18 on a not very good Calgary Flames team. This is like one of those, you know, heart and soul guys that I think absolutely should have gotten a nomination, especially, you know, I, I get why you put in Lindholm because he's kind of the name. He's kind of the skill guy that's going to be out there. But yeah, I mean, in, unless Blake Coleman said, no, I don't want to. Yeah, that's that to me is somebody that probably should have got in over the teammate that was named instead. Yeah, I I. I like that. 
as uh, probably the most notable. I mean, obviously, there are plenty of others, but um, I think that's probably the most notable at this point. But as you see with these all-star games, there will be players that will get hurt between now and the game. So there will be other representatives that get subbed in to fill particular spots. And so, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if the skills competition rocks again as it typically does. And uh, we'll see who takes the weird divisional format of the uh, three-on-three tournament. We'll see who takes that because I guess I don't really have I don't have a an inside favorite, I guess, at this point, but um, go divisional three-on-three tournament, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Change it up and go back to or when they did North America versus the world or I, I don't know. You do, do something. Do something different because it's just kind of boring right now. Here's what you do. Here's Here's how you fix this. You start three on three, east versus west. Every time a goal is scored, that team gets to add another player. Oh. So are we just going to have a situation where there might be like 12 players on the ice yep. per team? 12 on three. That there would be just a massive amount of chaos, but... You got to do something different. You got to do something fun to keep people tuning in. And are you are you telling me that if I had the opportunity to see the Western Conference have a nine on three power play, essentially, <laughs> I would definitely tune in for that. Yeah, I can't wait for every goalie from here on out to just say, screw that. Yeah. Not not accept an all star bid. Go ahead and just go ahead and just put in one of those like trick shot things on the net where it's just the slots that they have to try to hit with the puck. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, every goalie would be like, no, I, I don't think I will. Yeah, absolutely. Or just let the goalies be part of it. Take actually, that might not be a bad idea, is that you just have just the tiny little spots in the uh on the board that they have to try to hit and then you get to have goalies playing forward too i don't know i'm just i'm just spitballing stuff we'll we'll figure this out on a different podcast we got some good ideas here we we have western conference tuesday has become kind of the uh the workshop of good ideas for the nhl and so just because we've put that one into the we put that one out there um on kind of short notice like i literally just thought of that we'll we'll cultivate it we'll work on it a little more but there we go that will do it for today's episode of locked on nhl once again we thank you for making locked on nhl your first listen each and every day uh make sure to check out our wide variety of locked on nhl content throughout the week with a full panel of locked on nhl hosts Make sure to like this video and subscribe if you enjoyed our content so that you don't miss out on any big NHL stories. We have new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.